I want to welcome each and every last one of you to the Kingdom International Intercession and Word of Empowerment broadcast. Hallelujah. We're having our sunrise worship service. Amen. On this glorious morning that God has made in this place, in the majestic name of Jesus, I am your founder, Apostle Deron Shane, going with Divine Order Restoration Ministries International, where we are restoring the order of God, one life, one body, one nation at a time. And it is an honor the presence of God with each and every last one of you. Amen. Um, what God is doing in your life and for your life as he is setting you up for the victory. Amen. Um, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. That everything is going according to his plan. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, we bless the name of the true living God. Amen. That nothing is too hard for him. And because nothing is too hard for him, that it is not too hard for you. Hallelujah. That your plan of victory has already been established as you just, amen, glory to God, hallelujah, um, move according to his will and in his way, amen, as we just bow down and worship him, amen, in our in our, in, in our hearts and in our minds and with our lifestyle, amen, with everything within us, in the name of Jesus. It brings me great joy today. It brings me so much honor, hallelujah, to introduce our speaker of the hour, um, someone that we are very familiar with in um, in this broadcast, amen, um, not a stranger, she is family, um, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So we bless God for um, the woman of God. Um, she is a mother, a wife, a author, um, a Christian, a Christian um, blogger, a mentor, a writing coach, educator. Um, she is an editor. She is a Christian entrepreneur. My God, and so. Uh, we just bless the Lord for the very anointing um, that is upon her life. Amen. Um, in the name of Jesus, um, glory to God. And so we thank God for all that he's doing through her and in her. Amen. Um, in the majestic um, name of Jesus for such a time as this, as he's touching, amen, as he's just using her mightily um, in, amen, um, in in her business, amen, um, word of God, um, in, in ministry um, as well, um, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, word of God, doing, when I say a great work, I mean a great and powerful work for the kingdom of God. And so we, we just really bless the Lord, bless the Lord doing in her life, amen. Obedience, we thank God for everything that her hand touch. Amen. Um, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. She is the founder of Hope in Christ Ministries. As they are, right, amen, glory to God, as they are uh, mandated to give an uplifting word from God that points you to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, glory to God. And we just thank God with all the 
component that he has placed um, in this ministry that is touching lives. When I say around the world, I literally mean around the world. This woman of God, she is a lover of Christ Jesus. Amen. Um, the founder of Hope in Christ Ministries and the Armor of Hope Writing and Publishing Services. I want to introduce to some and reintroduce to others, none other than the amazing, anointed, appointed, powerful woman of God, a teacher in her own right. My God, um, in the name of Jesus, submit your pen and paper because she's truly a teacher. Amen. Glory to God in the word of God. Um, But uh, without further delay, we want to welcome um, again none other than Pastor Denise Walker from Hope in Right Ministries. Amen. Amen and amen. Powerful woman of God, you have the broadcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, thank you, Apostle, and everyone that's on the line. Um, I thank God this morning because yesterday I could not hardly talk, but I Thank God for giving me enough to so I can get what he said out. So um, I'm just grateful to be here this morning. I'm going to begin with praying over the word, and then I'll begin. Father God, I thank you, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for your word. We thank you for your truth. Father, we bless your name, O oh God, this morning. Father, we just magnify your name, O oh God, for you alone are worthy. So we pray, O oh God, that you would speak through me, O oh God, you would um Say what you would desire for us to hear and that we would respond um, diligently to your words. Father, we bless you and we magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you all for having me. I will be um, coming from Judges 2 and 3 this morning. And my title is, Aren't You Tired of the Cycle? Aren't You Tired of the Cycle? And that's for each and every one of us. Aren't are we tired of the cycle? Because that's um, the gist of what was taking place in the book of Judges. So I'm going to read the background information of Judges, and then I will jump right in. Um, just a little bit, since it's the beginning of the book of Judges, it says um, the book of Judges derives from a series of people called Judges whom God raised up to deliver Israel and covers um, about 350 years of Israel's history. Judges has a total, um, totally different atmosphere from the book of Joshua. Joshua, for the most part, is about victory. Judges, however, is a book of defeat. Um, They did not continue in full obedience, so the children of Israel did not continue in the full obedience to God. Judges, um, 1 and 28 states, and it came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites under tribute but did not completely drive them out. Instead of completely driving out the Canaanites as God had commanded, Israel allowed them to stay. This led to Israel nation, national and moral deterioration. Um, and then just one awesome thing that I read in the in the background information that just blew me away um, because it sounds just like today. 
again in Judges um, 21 and 25, it says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Israel has no king or authority. They have rejected the rule of God, their rightful king, and every person has become a law unto himself or herself. When we do not let the word of God be our absolute standard, we will become our own standard. We will come to believe that everything is relative, that truth is however we want to define it. Let me read that one more time. When we do not let the word of God be our absolute standard, we will become our own standard. We will come to believe that everything is relative and that truth is however we want it, want to define it. So that's what we have in the book of Judges. So in, in chapter two and three is where I'll be coming from. Again, my title is, Aren't You Tired of the Cycle? And, and again, this title is for each and every one of us because each and every one of us go through some form of cycle because we sometimes begin to look to the right or look to the left instead of looking to the hills from which, which cometh our help. And we know that our help comes from the Lord and not any idol, anything that can be erected in our lives. Amen. So um, I'm going to begin with some of my my notes from reading Judges 2 and 3. And um, again, as I read Judges 2 and 3, I just kept saying, oh, my Lord, this sounds like 2019. It sounds so much like it. And so we have the, um, the angel of the Lord speaking to them. And the angel of the Lord spoke and said, I led you up out from Egypt and uh, representing bondage. They were already in bondage. And brought you to the land of which I swore to your fathers and said, I will never break my covenant with you. And this is in chapter 2. Um, the angel of the Lord is speaking to them. And he continues to say, you shall not make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. So those were the instructions of God. God's instructions had not changed um, since he spoke. And so um, he continues to remind them, you shall not make a covenant. And so when we get to the word covenant, we understand that covenant has to do with making an allegiance, a friendship agreement, or binding yourself to something or someone. Um, and God already instructed them not to do that. And so as I read about covenant and, and um, the angel of the Lord speaking and him saying, you shall not make a covenant, um, I thought about marriage and I thought about a marriage covenant um, that is formed by God. And so when we're thinking about a covenant, we're thinking about when God's giving them specific instructions about not making a covenant because he knows what's going to happen as a result of making a covenant with something that's not of him. And so when you think about marriage, you're making an agreement to be faithful. You're making an agreement to be true to one another. You're making an agreement to honor and respect them in the sight of the living God. Now, when we talk about marriage covenant, we're not just talking about the covenant in marriage in the United States. 
we're talking about the marriage covenant according to the word of God. So I want to make sure that's clear. Um, and so when we think about a godly marriage covenant, we're thinking about the fact that we can only be married to one individual. We can only be faithful to one individual. We can only agree to honor and respect our spouse that God has given unto us. So how then could Israel have a covenant with those that were idols in the land and God um, clearly stated that I, am alone, I alone am your God? And so they could not keep a covenant with God and a covenant with false idols and false worship. So what ended up started happening, they started mixing and mingling, and that's what we have today. We have some false worship of the of um, Jesus. There is um, when we begin to mix and mingle and um, bring in all the falsehoods of um, what we believe to be true, then we have created or erected a false Jesus, and it is not the Jesus of the Bible. And so I want to make sure that we understand it's not um, any different. Uh, we see them worshiping statues and we see them worshiping different things in the Old Testament, but it's no different from when we mix, we take like a bowl of chili and we want to put it all together, but that's not Jesus. If it's not from the word, if it's not from the Bible, it is not Jesus of scripture. And so we want to make sure that we understand that. So again, it, when he said, you shall not make a covenant, you shall not make an agreement, a contract, you shall not come into a binding contract with one that is not of me. And so that's what God was giving them instructions. And he continued to speak. He said, you shall tear down their, their altars, tear them down, not leave them up, not allow them to stay or put them in, try to put them in bondage, but tear them down, destroy them. And they did not do that. And so they had um, a predicament that they could not get themselves out of. And then God continued by saying, but you have not obeyed my voice. You have not obeyed my voice. So then they go through the cycle of consequences. They cry out. And then God sends a deliverer and so on and so forth. So they go through the cycle constantly constantly going through a cycle. And the consequence, God said, I will not drive them out before you. They shall be a thorn in your side, and their God shall be a snare to you. So because you did not do what I said, because you did not um, come into the land, purify the land, cleanse the land, do what I gave you instructions to do, now I won't give you the strength to drive them out. They will remain here, and they will be a thorn to you. They will, and their guides will snare and snare you. And so that's what began to happen. Um, this was, was a result of God's judgment to them. The anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. He delivered them to the hands and to the hands of their enemies. Um, and they, he allowed them to plunder them and um, ultimately, you know, just drain them of what um, God's intention was 
to deliver them into the land and to be at peace, be at rest, but they would not obey. And so their response, they lifted up their voices and wept. Um, they sacrificed to the Lord. And then um, they served the Lord all the days of Joshua and the elders who were um, who outlived Joshua. So they, they did those things. And then another generation rose up who did not know the Lord. And they forsook the Lord and they served Baal and um, the other gods of the land. And so when I got to this part, I thought about how the elders of our time, the elders of our generation, and um, those of us that have children, those of us that have children around us are so important to um, raising them up and teaching them the way of the Lord. Um, when a generation rises up, and we see a generation right now in the United States in our time that does not know God. And so it's so important to us that we must teach them, regardless if they want to hear it, we must help them understand that they cannot do anything outside of God. They cannot be successful in their own right. And so um, they, this generation of Israel, they rose up and they didn't know the Lord. And so they just had their own way. And they worshiped Baal and Asterisk. And Baal was the supreme male divinity of the Phoenicians or the Canaanites. And Asterisk was a false goddess um, of the Canaanite religion. And so we see here, a lot of times people question God and, okay, God, well, why do we have to do it that way? God knew what their heart, where their heart was in the land. And he knew that the land was promised. He, he promised Abraham, um, Isaac, and Jacob. And he promised them the land. And, and because the land belonged to God and because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, you cannot worship things that are false on God's green earth. And so God demanded that they drive them out. And because they were false and because these idols, if we really want to get technical, we, they had erected, um, you know, it had to do with demonic forces. And so God said, drive them out, tear them down, and they did not do that. And they turned away from the way of their fathers. They turned away from the way of their fathers, and they walked according to their own way. And again, I stop right here, and I think about how those of us, I'm in my um, early 40s, and I have siblings in their 30s, and, and how um, we were raised to know God. We were raised that there, that God existed, but those people that have um, taught us of the Lord have gone on. And so the question is for us, those of us that are still, that still remain in the earth, are we drawing near and worshiping God as our elders did? as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as our elders, our former elders here in our family um, um, lineage as well, are we drawing near and um, have forming our own relationship with a living God? Because that's very important. We um, see that they knew of God, and as long as Joshua and the elders live, they worship. They worship the Lord. And just as us today, 
as long as, um, for example, my mother-in-law taught me of the Lord. She's no longer here. And she taught me to worship God for myself. She taught me to build a relationship with God for myself so that I could continue on walking with Jesus, walking in right relationship, and him keeping me strong, him keeping me um, making it in the world that has fallen away from God. And so um, we just I just wanted to make sure that we understand the connection that they turned away and many today turn away from the living God, the word of God. Uh, we hear so much, um, and, and I'm, I'm off my notes, but I'm going to come back in a moment. But we hear so much about um, how, you know, basically sanctification or salvation, you know, you just go to the altar and you believe in Jesus. And um, we know that the word of God is so much deeper than that. You don't just say, yes, I believe in Jesus. The, the Bible says that the demons believe and tremble. So it has to go much deeper than that. And so as um, the children of Israel, they had to have a much deeper relationship in order to be sustained in God. And so we do today. And so they got that in the cycle. The consequences continued. God sold them into the hand of their enemies all around them. They could no longer stand before their enemies. The hand of the Lord was against them for calamity. So they could not, they didn't even have the strength because our strength comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. They were greatly distressed and God said, I may test Israel whether they will keep my ways or not. I, will, I may test Israel that they may keep my ways or not. So he allowed everything that they could not drive out because he kept them from doing that to stay in the land to see if they would keep his way. Could it be that God is leaving some things in our midst to see if we will keep his way? All of our family is not saved. All of our friends or people that we know or we work with may not necessarily be saved. Could it be that God allows things and people to remain around us to see if we will keep his way? Will we tell them the truth of the gospel? Will we tell them what thus says the Lord? Or will we mesh with them? Will we begin to, um, will we begin to infuse our lives with them and, and turn away from God? And we have to ask ourselves that question. And so we have in, in um, we continue the cycle in this, into Judges chapter 3. The generations of Israel, um, God continued to say that they may not, may no war that to see if they would obey his voice and do what he said. They dwelt among the Canaanites and their gods, um, but they did not keep his way because they began to take their daughters and they began to give their daughters to their sons in marriage. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the cycle continued. Consequences came. God sold them into the hand of Kushan, Re, I'm, I don't want to say the name wrong, Kushan Rishatham, the king of Mesopotamia, 
um, and they served him for eight years. So here we are, they're back in bondage. They're back in bondage. They came out of Egypt and they're back in bondage in the land of promise. Let me say that again. They are back in bondage in the land of promise. So God sold them over. They had to serve and worship. They were in bondage once again, not worship, but uh, serve the Mesopotamian king in the land of promise. Then they raised up their um, voice and they cried out, God sent a deliverer, Alcineo, um, and then the spirit of the Lord came upon him. He judged Israel. The Lord delivered them. And um, the land was at rest for 40 years. And then he died. And the cycle continued. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. The Lord strengthened another king um, against Israel. They were defeated. And they had to serve Eglon for 18 years. So they're back in bondage again back in the cycle. So I ask again, are we tired of the cycle? Are we tired of the cycle? God heard them. The Lord raised up uh, Ehud, the Benjaminite. Um, Ehud defeated Eglog. It was very, very vivid in scripture how he um, defeated him. And then they followed, delivered. Once again, um, the cycle continued. So we say all of that to say, when we continue in the cycle, we continue in God delivering, we cry out, God delivers, we disobey, we get consequences, we get judged, we're defeated by the enemy, we go back in the cycle over and over and over again. So how do we break the cycle? Well, the word of God tells us that we shall worship the Lord our God and serve him only. Once God has delivered us, we must not go back. Once God has delivered us, we must not go back to bondage. Could it have been that Israel was used to being in bondage? Or, first of all, we think back, let me back up for a moment. We think back to when they began to do something called um, tribute. And that, was, that meant when they, instead of driving them out, they did something called um, the tribute, which means they forced them into labor. So could they have been dealing with some pride that um, we were in bondage, so we're going to put somebody else in bondage? And so that's not God's instruction. God didn't tell them to get back at anybody. God said drive them out of the land so that they would be at rest, so that they he could um, he would be there he would be their God, and they would worship him and the land would be at rest. But they began, the word in um, the book of Judges, they began to um, what's called tribute, which means that they forced the people, when, when they were strong, into forced labor, as they were forced in labor in Egypt. And so, again, could it be they were walking in some pride or walking in some arrogance? And so they continue in a cycle that God did not intend for them to um, continue in. So again, how do we break the cycle? The way we break the cycle, again, is to obey God. To obey God the first time. Not the fifth time, not the hundredth time, but obey God the first time. 
because the word of God, oftentimes we, people believe that we have to do something in our own strength. We have to do something in our own right to help God out. But the word says that God is all powerful. And so if God is all powerful, he don't need help. He just needs our obedience. God doesn't need our help. He just needs our obedience. And so how do we obey God? The first thing we must do is we must open our heart to God. In order to obey, we must open our heart to the living God, the one who created heaven and earth, not the God that people have erected in their lives because there are many false Jesus in people's lives that they have erected, but that's not the Jesus of scripture. But the, the one that we, in order to obey, in order to be delivered, in order to be set free, in order to continue in freedom and not a cycle of sin and not a cycle of judgment, in order to continue in freedom, we must open our heart to the God of Scripture, the Elohim, the one who created um, heavens and earth, heaven and earth in Genesis 1, the God of the Bible. And the other way to come out of the cycle of bondage, the cycle of judgment and the cycle of sin is to believe God the first time, to believe what his word says, not to reason with God's word. Many times, those that are listening around the world, people, we reason with God's word. Well, maybe that's not what God meant, but if God is eternal and he is, then he doesn't, he, he didn't make a mistake because we live in 2019. He's still God and God alone because he's a self-existing eternal God and he existed then as he does now. And the word declares that God does not change. So we must believe him the first time. And then the other way to obey is to end our cycle of sin. God brought us out. Jesus went to the cross of Calvary that we may have the right to the tree of life. He did it for us already. So we must end the cycle of sin so that God doesn't have to continue to bring judgment. God doesn't have to continue to bring judgment. We must end the cycle of sin. One moment we love God, the next moment we're worshiping ourselves. We want to do what we want to do. We want to live it how we want to live it. We want, we want to um, praise him when we desire to. And God is saying no. Come and stay. The word of God in, in Psalm 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. God said, Trust me today. And the last part of how do we come out of the cycle is our life depends upon it. Our spiritual and natural life depends on obeying the living God. Our spiritual and natural life depends upon obeying the living God. So we must drive out false gods. We must drive out our own will. We must drive out disobedience. We must drive out pride, arrogance, and the um and lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We must drive out our own stubborn way of doing things, and we must tear down altars. 
altars of sin that we have erected, those sins that we want to hold on to, those things that those people we don't want to release and, um, out of our lives, we must drive them out in order to worship and serve the living God. The people around us that choose to not serve God, yes, they are there, but we must choose to worship. We must choose to remain in the Lord. That He leaves them there, but he, did, he gives us a choice to choose to obey him as he did with Israel. So as our elders again pass on, we must be rooted and grounded in the word of God. We must have a true relationship with Jesus Christ of scripture. I'm going to say it over and over. We must have a true relationship with Christ, the Christ of scripture, not the Christ that people have erected in their lives, not the Christ that allow us to do what we want to do, not the Christ that does not desire our obedience, not the Christ that we can go and live our lives and say we believe in Jesus and we can still go back and do what we want to do. That's not Jesus. Because he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? And so we're talking about the Christ of Scripture. Um, we must teach our children to worship God. We must teach our children to fear God. Will they make a choice? It's up to them. But we still must, uh, we, are, uh, we have a charge to keep. We have a charge to keep to teach our children to worship the Lord. And um, the state of our world depends on the generation that we have in front of us. The state of our world depends on the generation that we have in front of us, whether they will worship God, whether they will see the God in us and know that there's something different. There's something different about us and teach the lineage to worship God. So, and what happens when we find a generation who has forgotten God? We see it in the book of Judges, and we see it in our time today. We must get back to teaching them about the word of the Lord. The book of Exodus, um, chapter 34, verses 13 through 14 says, but rather you are to tear down their idols, to smash their sacred pillars, cut them down, cut down their personal memorials, the images that they have erected. For you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Many people, when we hear the word jealous, um, I remember hearing an interview by Oprah, and she said, how can God be jealous of me? And we know that that is a, a, when you're speaking in an um, arrogant way because the word says here, the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. What God is saying in essence to us here is, how dare you worship anything other than me? Because I am the living God. I am self-existent, eternal God, the self-existent, eternal God. And how dare you erect something that is not me? You cannot worship something that can do nothing for you. And so when God is saying jealous, he's not saying he's jealous of us because he created us. How can God be jealous of his creation? But God is saying that there shall be no other worship 
of a false deity that you've erected, that we've erected in our lives, and we bow down and worship as something that can do nothing for us, as they did with the Canaanite gods and goddesses. That is what God is meaning when he says that his name is jealous, because he is the only true and living God. And outside of him, there is no other God according to his word. Luke 4 and 8, Jesus said to Satan, he said, get behind me. And he said, it is written, your, you shall worship the Lord, your God, and serve him only. Jesus is talking to Satan, the one who wanted to be God himself and was cast out of heaven. Jesus is telling Satan, you, Satan, you still should worship the Lord, your God, and serve him only. Satan, the background of that scripture, Satan was saying, if you do this for me, then, you know, if you bow down and worship me, and, and Jesus stopped him. And in our, in our language, Jesus is saying, you've lost your mind. There is no other God, and it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So what is worship? Worship is reverence, giving homage kneeling down or prostrating yourself, expressing respect or kissing the hand of something or someone and worshiping and reverencing them. There should be no worship of anything or anyone but God alone. And that's what the gist of this entire book of Judges, not just chapter two and three is, but we must worship God. So you have to ask yourself, what has any idol done for me? What has a family member that I don't want to let go or release? They're still there, but I don't want to go and, and step away from so that I may worship God and I may be true to God. What job am I, have I made an idol? What minister or leader or what sin have I made an idol? Because the sin that I don't want to release and that I would rather have than God is an idol. What pride can become an idol? I don't want, I want to live my best life. I want to do what I want to do. I want wealth. I want this. I want that. I don't want to do what God wants me to do. What have any of those things done for us? And the answer is nothing. So we must come as I close. We come, we come, we come to the Lord, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. What love is this that Christ died on Calvary? What love is this that God loves us with an everlasting love? In Jeremiah 31 and 3, God says, the Lord, uh, the word says, the Lord appeared to him from the altar from afar, I'm sorry, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. God is saying to us, how dare us worship something that cannot love us everlasting. Everlasting means evermore, continuous, without end. So what love can we get out of an idol? a false God, a job, people, anything, any kind of pride, any kind of sin that we keep pulling back when God wants to deliver us 
We can't get love from those things. We cannot get everlasting love. We can get temporal love, but we cannot get everlasting love. And so I say to you, what love is this? That Christ would sacrifice, that God would sacrifice his only begotten son, that Christ would go to the cross because he knew that we needed redemption. And how dare us we worship, how dare we worship and obey and and be in cahoots with something or someone that does not worship God. Let us tear down the idols. Let us tear down everything that God has told us to drive out of our lives. And even if they are remaining, we stand flat-footed and worship Jesus, the only truth, the only one that can do something for us, the only one with the power in his hand to deliver and set us free. Our strength comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I say to whoever is listening, God's love is greater. Release, tear down, tear down, tear down. Smash, destroy everything that's false. Everything that somebody, grandma might have told you that was false. Every witchcraft spirit, everything that's not of God, destroy it, cast it out. Uh, uh, the dream books, anything, I don't know where this goes, that's not in my notes, but got dream books, anything that our family lineage has put in our midst, in our eyes, and has um, opened up in our spirits, God said, tear it down that you may worship. You cannot mix me because then you have another, you have another religion. God is not religion. God is relationship. So you, you cannot mix me with things that are false. I don't know who God's talking to, but God said, you cannot mix me with tarot cards. You cannot mix me with um, dream books. You cannot mix me with things that your family has said, well, this is what we do. And um, even the new year, well, you can only, somebody can walk in your door. Um, uh, only the man walks through the door first or however that stuff was taught to us. God said, get it out. Get it out, get it out, get it out before 2020 comes in. Denounce the idols and the false worship, the false gods that we mix with scripture because God is pure. He's holy, he's righteous, and he's only the only true and living God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, O oh God, for speaking, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we glorify you, O oh God. Help us to drive out everything that's not of you, oh God. Everything, every person, everything that is not of you, God. Let us stand flat-footed and worship the God of the scriptures, the God that is above all gods. That at the name of Jesus, demons tremble. That at the name of Jesus, we are set free and made whole. Father, we bless your name, hallelujah, and we magnify you, God, for you alone are worthy. Let us bow down and worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise, O oh God. How dare us worship anything that cannot and does not have any power 
Father, we bless you and we magnify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 We want to bless the Lord on this morning, people of God. Amen. For our powerful, anointed, appointed speaker on this morning. Amen. Pastor Denise Walker. Amen. Out of Atlanta, Georgia. We just want to bless the Lord for you on this morning, mighty woman of God. Amen. For just coming Amen. And releasing what it is. Amen. God would have his people. Amen. To hear today. And amen. And I'm just over here just excited. Amen. And just blessed. Amen. By the things. Amen. That God released through you. Amen. So people of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. We just bless the name of the true living God in this place. We want to thank you so much for joining us in the kingdom. International intercession, a word of empowerment, sunrise, worship, service. My God, what a mighty word that um, Pastor Denise have just released in the hearts and the minds of the people. My God, my God, are you tired hallelujah of the cycle are you tired of the cycle if this message have been a blessing to you share it with somebody you can go and listen to this word of truth by going to divine-order.org you can go and listen to it you can go to the kingdom international I'm sorry, Kingdom Influencers Broadcast and under shows, look under Word of Empowerment and re-listen to this powerful broadcast so that you may be encouraged, that you may be empowered in this hour and what thus is saying um, the Lord to keep you to advance. My God, um, we look forward to worshiping with you next week. Amen. At the same time, 5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with this word of truth in the majestic name of Jesus. With that being said, go in the love, joy, peace, power, and anointing of our most holy Savior, who is none other than Jesus Christ. And it's in his holy and majestic name that we have convened in intercession and we've been empowered amen amen and amen to god be the glory thank you jesus hallelujah